Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is February 22nd, 2024. It is Thursday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Readings by Me, Readings by Tanya. Yes. So I am doing relationship readings this month. If that is something you want to check out, either for you or a partner, or if you're single, and you kind of need to know who to look for and what we need to focus on about ourselves. Check it out. It is tanyabrown.schedulista. All right, witches. We are talking about catnip. So we talked about the history. We talked about magical. We talked about lore. Today we're talking about health. So... I know you totally wouldn't think about catnip in terms of like human health. I associate it so heavily that like that is for cats. That is a cat thing. I don't even think I ever considered that like we as humans can cons- uh, consume it. But let's talk about the potential health benefits of catnip tea. And this is from webmd.com. So apparently we can help with better sleep. Catnip may help relax the body before bed and promote rest. It can reduce nervousness and anxiety. While there isn't enough research to determine if this is the same within humans as it, in, uh, as it is in pets, it does believe it could reduce nervousness, anxiousness, and restlessness. It can help with stomach cramps. Historically, catnip was used for gas, uh, diarrhea, stomach cramps. And it can help with colic. Many groups of people have traditionally used catnips to help relieve infants' colic and to help babies sleep at night. Now, there is risks of catnip, right? Um, Remember, if it claims it can do anything to help, it can also have side effects. Drowsiness, upset stomach, allergic reactions, and illness in children and pregnant adults. So, obviously, make sure to talk to your doctor before you try to take any herb for any like therapeutic benefits. All right, moving into some headlines. This comes to us from theguardian.com. Witches, shamans, and grims. Why the occult is on the rise in the art world. When artist Stuart Pearson Wright was about five, he was awoken by a spectral black dog standing over him. It growled and scratched the wall by his bed, leaving marks still visible the next morning. The incident stayed with him, and when he was older, Pearson Wright was fascinated by myths such as Grimm's spectral dogs. In his exhibition, he even creates portraits of them. As an artist, he's not alone in this interest in the paranormal. As recent exhibits and auctions show, a new generation has been inspired by witchcraft, mysticism, and spiritualism. The horror show at Somerset House London last year was a group show about ghosts, monsters, and witches, including pieces by artists David Shirley and Turner Prize winner Ty Shawnee. 
In the summer, the Tate Modern Show showed Hilma Clint and P.A. Mondrian. Uh, Clint was a clairvoyant and believed much of her work was created through automatic painting guided by spirits. I love it. Quote, as someone who feels deeply connected to spirit and earth, it's important for me to view my artwork as craft and ritual. For me, every choice has meaning. Every material is an ingredient in the cauldron that is artwork. I love that. This year at Christie's Auction House, a sale called Art of the Surreal featured an important collection amassed over 20 years by a Californian tech industry couple. The sale set records for works by Spanish painter Oscar Dominguez and artist-philosopher Wolfgang Palin. Palin's piece, Tash Solitaires, sold for 756,000 euros. It shows magical figures seen in visions by the artist when he was a child. I love this. I don't know if I've ever, which this might sound super silly, I don't know if I've ever considered art from a spiritual perspective because we can argue most art is spiritual but i think from a occult perspective i don't know if i've ever considered art from a occult perspective and that's super neat all right so i'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent and after this break we will talk more hello to all of my astro friends this is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Thursday, February 22nd. The waxing gibbous moon struts and frets its hour upon the stage in Leo today. Here, the moon squares Uranus. This will certainly be a day full of surprises. With Uranus and Jupiter conjunct, these surprises will likely be welcome, bringing good tidings. Although, we may initially feel these things are disruptive. Try to take each interruption in stride. Take some time to allow the chips to fall before reacting. We tend to get out of sorts when these things happen, and it can be all too easy to cut yourself off from the opportunities that'll present themselves. So settle in for the bumpy ride, and keep a lookout for the fortunate possibilities that these detours provide. Your daily moon mantra is, we must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Only the elusive and exclusive witches, eminent in their communities and ever attuned to the murmurs of the world, are privy to the Grimoire Society's monthly missive. Not for the frivolous, obtuse, or inattentive, our serial caters to the creme de la creme of witching society, imparting knowledge, amusement, and the art of conjuration at every turn of the moon. Safely ensconced within your witch's cabinet, nestled between the eye of Newt, or consider presenting a subscription to the fledgling witch, new to the neighborhood with a yearning for the enchanting camaraderie of the witching world. Only $5 an issue, free shipping, U.S. only, at thegrimoiresociety.com. All right, we are back. So we're on day four of our self-love series. And today we're talking about self-efficacy. So why is this important? There are four components to self-efficacy. These include seeing other people succeed, having your own mastery experiences, and being affirmed by others. The last is feeling good about ourselves and our capabilities. When our self-love is high, we're better able to take on new things. Developing trust in our capabilities, 
plus a desire to be the best are key building blocks of self-efficacy. In turn, this self-trust and faith in our own abilities helps us achieve our goals, challenge ourselves, and live our best lives. Now, how does this affect our magic? Well, mastery, right? If we don't think what we do is important, if we don't think what we do is good, if we don't think what we do matters, if we don't have that drive to want to be good at something, to be capable at something, to watch others succeed so that we know we can, then I worry that there will be this kind of forever emptiness, right? We need to feel as if we can be capable, as if we can master, because if we don't think we can, then we won't do it. And I genuinely believe a lot of people who come into witchcraft do so so that they can master a skill. Maybe not master all of witchcraft. I don't think that's actually possible. Um, however, I do think we all want to be really great at at least one thing, right? And that's part of self-love. If you don't love yourself, you don't think you're good enough and capable enough to master a skill, such as witchcraft or magic or divination or tarot or candle magic or weather magic, whatever it is that speaks to you and calls to you. You want to believe in yourself enough to pursue it, right? So embrace your uniqueness. This is one of the exercises I'm going to recommend. Celebrating your individuality is an important way to practice self-love. In a world that often emphasizes conformity, embracing what makes you unique can be a radical act of self-affirmation. Take the time to identify and appreciate your strengths, quirks, and idiosyncrasies. Start by making a list of qualities that set you apart from others, and these can be your talents, your interests, or even your unconventional perspectives. Instead of comparing yourself to others, recognize that your uniqueness adds depth and richness to the tapestry of human experiences. Affirm your individuality by expressing yourself authentic uh, authentically, whether through your style, creative pursuits, or the way you communicate. Engaging in activities that align with your passions and values is another way to celebrate your uniqueness. If you love art, dedicate time to creating. If you're passionate about a particular cause, get involved in relevant activities. By living authentically, you not only honor yourself, but also contribute to a more diverse and vibrant world. So, Make a list. What makes you unique? What makes you interesting? What makes you different? What what, uh, what silly perspective do you have? And when I say silly, I mean um, jovial, unique, funny. Like I have a friend and I'm not saying he's wrong. It's just like, I think he's right. It's just the passion in which he feels it is hilarious. But he genuinely believes if the cake is not almond cake, you better not call it a wedding cake. It's a birthday cake. And he feels it with such intensity. I think it's I think it's adorable. But like that would be on his list. His fierce belief about the flavor of wedding cake, you know, and like those are those things. What are those things that make you different? What perspectives do you have that you feel so intensely? Other people may not care about. What are you great? What are you uh, unique? 
um, what do you love about yourself? You know, like I absolutely love for myself. I love how like honest I am. I love that I ask people questions with like a real desire to know the answer. Um, I like to pick apart ideas. Like I, I love that about myself, you know? And so make a list. Exercise one, make a list of all the ways you are unique, cool, awesome, all those cool things. Exercise two, celebrate the small wins. Dr. Yargen uh, advises people to celebrate the wins no matter how small. People can set harsh expectations for themselves and get caught up with what society demands of us. We work really hard to meet those standards and we beat ourselves up when we don't. Having lofty dreams isn't bad, but Dr. Yargen advises setting realistic expectations aligned with our needs, wants, and values. We're more likely to complete these tasks, feel more accomplished and motivated to feel to complete the next task, which contributes to feelings of self-love. Minor accomplishments add up and create momentum for reaching the end goal. Stop comparing yourself to others who've already graduated or have the type of job you want or have the thing you want. Focus on yourself and live intentionally and uh, authentically. So celebrate the small wins. So what I want you to do is think of a small win you've had within the past six months, and I want you to celebrate it. I want you to go to Target and get a little cake or a cupcake and one of those mini bottles of champagne, and I want you to genuinely celebrate that small win that you had. Exercise three, know when to say no. Having an open slot in your calendar is not the same as having the energy to fill that slot on your calendar. So even if you technically are free to chat or to go to lunch, it doesn't mean you're down for it mentally. And setting boundaries is a form of self-love that protects your energy. It allows you to advocate for what you need and not just what others need. This could look like telling your friend who trauma dumps on you that maybe you only have an hour to help her work through her problems. You could hit pause on Sunday dinner dates with your dad if you tend to argue a lot. You can say no, you know? So that's exercise three. I want you to go to your calendar this week or next week or once a month, and I want you to set apart time that is just for you and is not available to be filled. All right, so I want you to pick one of the three exercises we've talked about today and do one. So first off, Make a list of your uniqueness. Two, celebrate a small win. Or three, schedule no time. Schedule time that is for you and that is not available to be filled by obligations or other people. All right, witches. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Don Howard. Don, you beautiful, kind banshee. Elise S., you kind, smashing dragon. Lilith, you brilliant, splendid werewolf. And Laurie Sanderson, you smashing mystical woodland fairy. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we talked about today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we'll talk again tomorrow. Bye.
witches. We hope you have a wonderful day, full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.